Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. All right, all right, all right. We are live. We're a couple minutes behind, but we did it. Right, Zach? We did it, man. We made it happen. That is my fault while we're behind, too. <laughs> Technology, man. I'll tell oh, you fuck what. it, man. It's it, it's all good. Well, good afternoon, everybody, wherever you are in the world, or good evening, or good morning. I guess some parts of the world are, are still in morning here, but it's 3 p.m. here on the East Coast. It is the third day of this crazy month of September in the year 2020 that never seems to end, man. I mean, it's going quick. How How is life and time moving for you zach seems like 2020s moved faster than any other time in my life just because <laughs> of all this nonsense and and legit craziness going on but man it's been i i can't complain it's been my best year yet um yeah wise so i mean hey yeah we'll, we'll get it we'll get into we'll get into all that in a second here well first and foremost i want to welcome you to the podcast uh we were yapping back and forth on email on dms for a bit and i'm thrilled to have you here and have a conversation uh i'm a fan man i'm a big fan of you um and what you're doing and everything that you built and i really want to talk about your journey and your story so i would love to take a couple minutes here to set the stage and enlighten us bring us up to speed on the life and times and trials and tribulations of one Zachary Babcock, sir. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm so fucking dramatic there. I just felt, it, yeah, it just felt naturally, like, man. I felt cinematic music in the background. Like, I know. Oh, I, I, could, I could play that. Re- I could play- Sorry, that, 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 that intro music. Talk to me, man. Yeah, dude. I'll get the, um, I'll get the Cliff Notes version and we yeah. can always unpack more. Um, grew up in Ferguson, Missouri. Father, father figure. Wanted to be accepted by other people. Um, did a bunch of drugs and stuff growing up. Well, smoking weed and then eventually got into the heavier drugs. By the time I was 19, I went away to in prison for over four years of my life. Got out for about two years. And then I went back just 20 days before my twin sons were born. That was it for me. I was done. I said, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get back. Ended up doing eight months. Got out for the next four and a half years didn't make any money struggling to try and figure it out. And then last year broke through. Um, and then now we're scaling a six figure podcast marketing agency and, uh, just going all in, man, really happy and excited to be here. Fuck yeah, man. And, and, and kudos to you. So let, let's talk, let's talk pre-prison, man. Um, who were you before you went to jail? I love that question that you say, who were you? Because everybody the, 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 in, the, in, in an entrepreneur, like, you got to start with why. No, you, you can't start with why, man. <laughs> it's, you, you, you can't, how can you determine how, why something's important to you if you don't know who you are in the first place? Anytime I made any dramatic shift in my life, it always was with identity. Like mm-hmm. when I woke up in prison, missing out on my twin son's birth, 
I said, this isn't who I am, man. I'm a good father, man. I love my kids. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a good person. You know, it started with identity and then, yeah, I won't go down that rabbit hole. But uh, yeah, who I was before that, I was, was someone that didn't have a sense of identity. Honestly, I just wanted to be accepted with other people. And I know we all do to an extent because, you know, that's human nature. Um, but I, I would say I would I was probably doing it more than what average people would do, I guess. I wanted to be accepted with everything. And so I would do things that were outside of my character um, in order to fit in. Yeah. And running with the wrong crowd and, you know, shit, you make, you make bad decisions and, and it's insane. And you and I have had conversations. I, I got involved with, with prison reform a couple of years ago. And for me, that was eye opening in so many different ways. And first and foremost, stepping out of my comfort zone for, you know, a, a middle-aged dad, Bob, white Jewish kid from Long Island to step into a correctional facility. That was, that was eye opening. And for me, the most eye opening part was having those one-on-one -on -one conversations um, with the men and women on the inside. And learning that so many of them were just like me in so many ways, yet made one critical mistake and got caught, made one bad decision. And that, unfortunately, is what defines them in that very moment. But that's not what they want to be known for when they come out. And that's what second chances are all about. So when you came out, how'd you get your first second chance? <laughs> I started off in network marketing, dude. Um, funny story. I didn't even know what network marketing was at the time. So you couldn't scare me off the word pyramid scheme either. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I did that for about two years. I no longer do network marketing, but dude, yeah. I am so grateful for that experience, dude. Um, I, I was able to produce almost a $2,000 a month residual income within my first six months because I was yeah, I was hungry, dude. Um, but towards the end there of that, of that two years, my business started falling apart. I was only making like 300 to $700 a month after auto ship. Uh, yeah. I just lost my passion for it. Um, but it, but it taught me so much, man. It really did. And it showed me that, Hey man, my past doesn't define me. I can create a life by design. So I'm super grateful for it. I fucking love that, man. Don't let your past define your future and your present. And, and that's, and that's tremendous. Listen, I, I learned not to ask people about the details on the inside. You know, I learned that the hard way, right? But I want to know what was what was the, the toughest lesson that you learned when you're on the inside? Man, um, it, 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 so this stuck, this it stayed with me for the rest of my life, and it continues to empower me today. And it, it was, I'm, I'm so grateful for it. And it's going to sound crazy that I'm grateful for it, but I am, man. Uh, I, I wouldn't change anything, you know, but um. So I was in the hole. Is it okay if I give kind of a long-winded answer? Because it's your show, man. Well, it's my show, but you're my you're my you're my star. <laughs> it's my show. <laughs> I can tell me and you could kick it like all day long, dude. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, I was I was in the hole. It was uh, for tattoo violations. The hole is the the prison inside of the prison. You could walk. It's an eight by ten cell. You can walk three steps one way, three steps the neck. It, it it's fucking cage. Yeah, it's a cage. It's dark, dirty, lonely, depressing, very little to no human interaction. Um, it's not nothing that you would no, – no place you'd want to be. Well, um, I was in there for tattoo violations. I was down there for two months. Well, at the beginning of that, two weeks into that two months, they called me back to the captain's office. I'm thinking that somebody told on me for something I hadn't gotten in trouble for or they are trying to get me to tell on somebody else. I get in there. I'm 21 years old, right? I've been locked up for two years at the time. Captain's sitting behind his desk. He's like, Mr. Babcock, have a seat. I'm like, dude, I ain't got nothing to say, man. Put me in my cell. You got me down here for two months, and that's it. And he's like, how long have you been locked up? I'm like, two years. He's like, you know, when you come back here, it's nothing good, right? I'm like, dude, I don't care. Put me back in my cell. You got me for some tattoo violations. I ain't got nothing to say. 
then he's like, uh, yeah, your mom called us and uh, informed us over the weekend she had to break into your bathroom with a screwdriver and she found your sister dead on the floor with a needle in her arm. And uh, yeah, man, that uh, very last thing that I was expecting in that moment. Um, and so they were cool enough to let me go back in, in, my, in my own cell without uh, a cellmate or nothing, but they gave me a 30-second phone call, legit 30 seconds to my mom. We're bawling our eyes out and then the phone hangs up. And then uh, for the next three days, I'm in my cell, just bawling my own eyes out, um, thinking about all the mean things I ever said and did to my sister, literally going crazy because I'm in there by myself. Um, and man, what this is this is the the uh, part that was uh, the the toughest lesson, but it was it's so powerful. I woke up on that third day, Adam, and I was like, dude, you know, I'm not a real religious per or sp- religious person. I'm spiritual. I believe in God, but I'm you know whatever. But I was like. Uh, I was like, God, you know, like, I don't know why I'm still here, but there's got to be a reason because I'm still alive. Like, what can I do right now to find happiness and peace? And I didn't know what the hell I was doing at that time, dude. But, you know, I later on read, this was in 2010. I later on read seven years later in Tony Robbins' book, Awaken the Giant Within. When you ask, when you hear a question, your brain searches for the answer. A lot of times when we're in those situations, we're like, why is this going to happen to me? And we look for the wrong answers. Well, I just so happened to get lucky enough and I asked the right question. I was like, what can I do right now to find happiness and peace? Long story short, I developed this crazy routine. If you think OCD is crazy, you don't have nothing on what I was doing. But um, I did. I was doing all these things every single day, like reading the Bible at the same time, uh, uh, working out at the same time, eating at Discipline. the same time. Yeah. And uh, dominating my space. And I found a peace of mind in a really, really dark time. And that taught me that, hey, man, no matter what happens to you, because you can't always control what happens to you, but no matter what happens to you, you can always control how you respond to it. That's, and, uh, a, that's, that's a tremendous life lesson. And I'm sorry, brother, that you had to learn that the hard way. Thank you, man. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it, I look at it as a way that, you know, my sister went out, you know, and, and, it, and it empowered me in a, in a, in a strong way of, you know, like, it, don't get me wrong. I miss my sister and shit, but man, that, that really, you know, empowered me and it didn't, you know, it, it's good came about it. It's what I'm trying to say. So how do you pay it forward? Dude, this right here. And, uh, it, I tried getting out when I got out of prison. I tried after, after the network marketing, tried doing the life coaching stuff and never worked out, never panned out. <laughs> Coaching's a tough gig, man. Coaching. <laughs> last last question on 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 the past life man and i and i and i say this kind of kiddingly but i'm really fucking curious what was the first meal that you had when you got out bro you're gonna (laughs) die you're gonna die taco bell no but uh (laughs) chicken fingers at applebee's because that's all i could remember and i was so overwhelmed like i was like the day i got out i'm i just did four years and so, like, I'm a little institutionalized at this point, and I was weirded out by society. For one, I'm there's, yeah, you can't, there's sensory, talking. sensory over, sensory overload. Yeah, you could talk to women for one, and then everybody's walking around real friendly and smiling and and trying to have conversations with you. And I just you spent the last four years minding my seconds, own business, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. What was it like to see your sons for the was it the second time, right? Because you you were there for their birth, right? So they, when I got out the first time after that four years, I stayed out for two years and then for almost two years. And then I went back Okay, 20 days before they were born. Um, yeah, that dude, I only went, I only went back for eight months that time. And that felt 10 times longer than 
the four years and four months I that I did the first time. I can't even imagine, man. I got to, I can't even, I can't even imagine. Is that your motivator to fucking straighten yourself up and never be there again? Yeah, dude. Like, so that's where the why does come in. Like I, I changed first and foremost through identity of who, and then, you know, the why is like the push through part. You know what I mean? But you can't start with the why. Cause like, dude, I tried quitting no. smoking. I tried quitting smoking cigarettes for years because I was like, well, I want to be around for my kids and see my grandkids. And I had all these great reasons why, and it never worked until I got my identity right with, I'm not a smoker. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, yeah. don't identify as a smoker. Don't associate yourself, you know? Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Dude. Every time somebody would ask me if you want a cigarette, nah, man, I'm trying to quit or, you know, whatever. But that was my identity was I was a smoker that was trying to quit, but I was still a smoker. And that's why it never worked. And I had all these great reasons why I should not smoke, but never did make it happen. But once I started saying like, no, I'm a, I'm a healthy person. I, I, I'm i a man of my word. I'm a hard worker. Like, you know, once I started getting that dialed in, people ask me now, like, hey, you want a cigarette? No, I'm not a smoker. You know, yeah, it's a whole, no, whole I, shit. I love it, man. And I want to talk into podcasts in a second here, but it's interesting. Both my guests, including myself, we all got some ink here. So I have two questions when it comes to ink. And Leah, I'm going to ask you this question, too. Show me, show me if you can, or tell me about your first tattoo. Yeah, first tattoo. I got to move this gigantic beard. <laughs> <laughs> I got across. You can't really see, it, but it's on my chest. It says the word trouble. Funny That's your story. First one. Yeah, I, like, how old are you? I'm I'm 31. How old are you? You got that tat? Uh, 19. Yeah, and, and I was in prison, and it was the first tattoo, and um, and I was like. I, want to, I was trying to take on that identity, like I want to be a, a a bad boy and all this stuff, whatever. Um, but yeah, dude, dude, it's crooked. It's like not horribly crooked, but it's crooked. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's prison for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I hear you, man. And which one's your favorite? My favorite, man. Um, the one I'm getting ready to get, which is you're you're gonna be like, no, don't do that. But uh, I'm I'm, I'm gonna do. It. I'm getting the underdog empowerment. We got the 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 dog logo, and I'm because I got the mohawk now, and I'm gonna slap it right here on the side of my head. The beauty it. of the head tattoo, as opposed to other <laughs> tattoos, is that it's the actual one of the few tattoos on your body that you could cover up without laser removal. Yeah. <laughs> for real, right. if you got hair hat on, right? You can put hair. On. Right, if you got hair or something, no, that, that's <laughs> awesome, man. So, had you, I love it, dude, and uh, it's funny, and I'm not gonna stand up on the chair here, but I got a full sleeve on my leg, and it was my first tattoo. Right. And uh, I got I got a couple more. This one is my my tenacity owl. It's kind of hard to show on camera here. but I got a full Monty going on there. But the, the yeah, I love I love talking about ink, man. Um, so talk about podcasting, man. How'd you get into it? Pure hustle and dumb luck. <laughs> Honestly, um, to my life. Right. I was uh, it was three and a half years after I got out of prison and I was broke as a joke and just trying everything and nothing was working. And podcasts happened to be the next thing that we were going to try. Um, before it, nobody gave me the time of day. Anytime I tried to collaborate with any entrepreneur, dude, they, it was like, oh, who's this joker, this clown? Yeah. He's trying to be an entrepreneur. It's a matter of time before he's back in prison. Like It's literally what I was dealing with all the time. And um, anyways, launched a podcast, Underdog Empowerment. Got it I launched it because of that because I was pissed off. Um, but launched it, got it ranked on Apple on day three. Oh. Next week, yeah, next week had Billy Gina's marketing on the show, and it's just – been blowing up ever since been a wild two years ride but yeah. at that point though dude i literally went from one week nobody wanting anything to do with me to interviewing all the heavy hitters and stuff it was Amazing. crazy i mean that's a, that's a power of podcasting right so let's take it to podcasting a little bit i mean i got a little show i gotta do i do over here it's been building up over a couple of years here 
what's the draw? Why is it like everyone and their fucking mother and their cat and their fucking mailman has a podcast? Why does everybody want to have a podcast? What is so cool about a podcast? Yeah, well, it, people are just now. It started in 2018 is when it, when it started really booming, but they're they're now seeing it, and it's because of the Nielsen report, uh, Nielsen research, um, stats and facts, man. Like, dude, people that listen to podcasts at the over 80 percent of the people that listen to podcasts earn an average annual income of 75 thousand or more. So, people that listen to podcasts, they got money. On top of that. Quantum. 87% of the people that listen to podcasts listen to all or most of the episodes. So that's a lot of attention that you're commanding with your brand. Then on top of that, they're like, they're just like people that watch Netflix. So they will not binge, just binge, watch, binge. they'll binge it, man. They'll listen to all of your episodes and, and all the way through. And so it's like, it's a lot of attention that you're commanding through your brand of people that already got money. And, and on top of that, they're very highly educated. Most of them have a, have a bachelor's degree. Um, and you can go check all this stuff out on Neil, on Nielsen reports. Like this is, yeah. this is legit. Another, another, yeah. another stat I hear, and I don't have a number in front of me, but I, I think the majority, the vast majority, I think it's over 50%, 60% of podcasts don't make us past 10 episodes. Dude. Why, why quit. fail? Why is it so hard? Here's why they quit between episode eight and 13. That's why I don't go on people's podcasts unless you've got at least 15 episodes. And I prefer to have at least 50 because I want to know if you're going to be serious about it or not. Because everybody, we live in the day and age where everybody wants this instant gratification, this success overnight, this bullshit that doesn't exist, right? And so they get to eight episodes. Oh, there's only 50 people downloading my episodes after yeah. eight episodes. I'm like, you didn't give Keep it going. time to grow. Yeah. Bro, you know Jordan Paris? Do you know who Jordan Paris is? On the platform, I think so. I think yeah. Well, he, I, he told I me, yeah, Growth Mindset University, and he, and he's one of these just awesome young old souls that I absolutely love, and he's taught me a lot about podcasting as a host, a production side, and everything. And early on, I had him on. I think around episode like seventeen, twenty, whatever it was, and he's like, "Dude, make it to 50. He's like, "Push yourself, push yourself, push yourself, keep going." I made it to fifty, and then it was on to a hundred, which I'm coming up on right now. And right. I think what people don't understand, thank you. What I, what I think that people don't understand is how much effort goes into creating a show, the amount of work, the amount of time, the amount of dedication, and ultimately it comes down to preparation, right? Preparing and listening to your audience. Talk to me a little bit about your philosophy uh, about podcasting. Yeah, I mean, so if we're talking about uh, preparing and stuff, like, dude, like right now I have episode. I'm batched out to almost Thanksgiving right now um, right. in, in, in mid-November. No, mid um and what that allows you to do is you're not scrambling last minute to try and piece mm -hmm. together some content, but it also gives you that space. So now what I notice is like, um, which is really cool that we're having this conversation too, cause I'm getting ready. So in the beginning I would interview anybody. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but then I noticed that if I, the higher level, bigger name guests, like the Andy Frasillas, the Billy G, whatever, the Grant Cardone's, all that. When I interviewed them, I got more downloads, more people were more excited. People were uh -huh. sharing it. It just helped grow through the podcast. I was like, okay, that's what my audience wants. So I'm just going to focus on big name guests. And I've been doing that for, for a while. Um, but the, 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 by batching that allows me to cherry pick, you know what I'm saying? Being ahead, I can always line it up yeah. that way. And plus now I got a team, you know, that we offer that as a service even. So that's so like, I, it's not actually me 
starting Here's, with uh, interject for a second there's a double-edged sword about batching because at one point and i literally have not recorded a show and uh, like uh, the full audio podcast in 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 almost seven weeks batching was great right at one point i was 12 13 episodes ahead right i was i was good on the schedule and everything but the problem was some of the content and the guests would get stale and they wouldn't be as engaged when i did the cross promotion so i think there's a delicate balance there for me which i'm moving into after episode 99 forward i think a good cadence for me personally is to be about four or five episodes ahead that gives enough time for production say i want to take a week or two off because you know other work is coming through or kids or holidays whatever it gives me that bandwidth yeah no doubt absolutely you got to find out what works for you also i would say this is a pro tip bro because I, I don't know if you ever experienced this but early on when i when i was podcasting i would notice that um people that i had on the show didn't share out the episode and I got pissed off and I'm like, what, what the hell? Me I'm, too. I'm, I'm bringing you on my platform, bro. And you're not even sharing it out with your audience. Like this. Yeah. I, I don't get that, man, but I got the workaround and now I got a, 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 a tactic that you can use that has never failed me ever since. And it's this simple. You ever read a, uh, uh, influence by Robert Cialdini? No, I've not really good book. Um, there it's it's about uh, human behavior principles so anyway long story short there's a principle in there called uh, uh the human need to stay consistent with what we commit to publicly basically saying if we say we're going to do something we're going to do it because most of us are good people unless you're just a shit bag right <laughs> but uh so it's that's the principle right and you get this really crazy story about how the vietnam was manipulating the american pfw's war to support the communism government over the american government by getting them to make small micro commitments supporting communism over american which was crazy but anyways we're not doing that but we're going to use that principle here all you got to do before before i hit record I'm, I'm always like hey look man i just got one requirement for coming on the show and that is to share this out when it goes live with your audience i'll shoot you some cool little assets to do it with Promo, but what yeah. that yeah but what that's going to do that's going to help more people see this podcast and then what that does it helps us climb higher in the rankings on apple which is going to allow it's going to we're going to be more front facing on apple which is going to be more people that don't know either you or me discover this interview so do you do you agree to that whenever this goes live you'll share it out for your audience yeah man no problem cool awesome dude let's get right into it boom we do it and then i follow up with them when it goes live and we have created little audiograms and images and stuff a little little uh, uh guest sharing package and when it goes live Hey man, I really appreciate you coming on the show, dude. I really, really connected with you. It was really dope. You know, talk about whatever it is that you liked about that specific conversation, and be like, hey, and I also really appreciate you agreeing to share this out with your up uh, with your audience. Here's some assets that we uh, created for you. Uh, made you look real good. Um, you could tag me on this or whatever. Hey, thanks again. Appreciate it. Talk soon. I love it. It's about it's about being organized here. So, I mean, you and I could talk for hours on this, but we're coming upon our next guest in a few minutes here. So, there's a couple things I want to talk about podcasting. What's the key to growth, right? Mm-hmm. Like. What's the key, man? And like, I mean, there, there, there's, there's a lot of different, you know, approaches here. You know, slow and steady, mass appeal, advertising. You know, what's like? How do you truly grow your podcast audience? Pick your strategy and be consistent with it. And here's a great one that I do. I'm doing it right now. Go on other podcasts that align with yours and plug your podcast, Underdog Empowerment. But uh, <laughs> plug away, plug away, brother. That's what do that, dude. And dude, I, I we're getting over twenty thousand downloads, and 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 it's all organic. I haven't even touched paid ads yet. We're gonna do paid ads eventually, but I ain't had to yet. You know. Yeah. So and who doesn't love a who doesn't love an underdog story? Amen. Right, it's a it's a comeback story. Yeah. And, and I'd love to come on your show one day and we, we can talk offline, man. I got, I got a pretty good, a pretty good one myself here. So a couple of things I want to ask, and I ask these questions to every guest on my show, because for me, 
this is my master class, man. I fucking I used to love to read before my kids were born and I still read a couple of books a year, but I used to read a lot. So like this is my master class and that's what my podcast is, man. It's twofold. One, it's my canvas. It's my canvas to showcase the showcase the amazing folks like yourself and Leia in my network to the world and introduce you to my tribe and vice versa. It's also my master class to learn, man. It's osmosis. The shit that I learned from everybody here, from folks from different cross sections of life business, marketing, sports, politics, all that shit, right? Like that, that's for me. And, you know, the, the other piece of it too, man, is to, is to spread the love, right? I mean, that's what it's really about, right? It's to, it's to spread it and, and build audiences and, and collaborate and everything. So a couple of questions here and to gain perspectives, what's the greatest piece of advice that you've ever received, Zach, that you take action on every single day of your life? Ooh, he put me on the spot there, man, because I've gotten, a, I'm like you, dude, I've gotten a lot of great advice through the podcast, man. Like, dude, world-class consulting from people that would otherwise be unreachable. You get to ask them whatever Fact. you want, you know? Um, dude, um, the best, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go with uh, the stuff that I, that's recent right now, because I could say at different phases, that was like the best piece of advice I ever got at that particular mm -hmm. time. And it was, but right now, I recently had an interview with uh, Andy Frasilla. I was at uh, First Form headquarters and I asked him, I said, hey man, you know, I explained my situation. We're currently scaling our six-figure podcast marketing agency. When you were building First Form and you were in a multiple six-figure scaling to seven and beyond, what did you focus on as a CEO at that time? And then he broke it down, man. And he's like, man, you know, the systems stuff, it's like in these little phases and stuff. And at first you got to document these systems of how you operate your business yourself, like record them. And then you bring on your people after you have those in and then they can take a hold of them and then improve upon them or whatnot. But you just bust it down in phases. And, 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 and then in the, in the beginning, you know, like you don't have all this cash flow, but then once you get into phase three, where you got an abundance of cash flow, then you can truly go all in and invest in all these different departments, like the marketing department. You're gonna yep. go double down here. It. You gotta scale. Yeah. No, that's, so, that's incredible, man. And I wanted to spend time, but we don't have any time today. I want to talk about the Tucker Max interview, man. Like, you know, he asked a couple of questions and he flipped the script on you. He flipped that shit on you, man, but you handled it well, right? He brought up your mom. He brought up the fact that you were contradicting yourself. And I just want, I don't want to talk about it. And I want to park it for a later conversation. We're going to have a part two and I'll talk to you about that. But the way you handled it, man, because I could hear it in your voice. As a podcaster, I also know because I've had some guests that challenge me back, which I love. I love when a guest pushes back on me, but you handled it well. And I could almost like, feel and hear you like internalizing it and thinking about it. And I felt you get upset, but then you handled it well, man. Like you took it and you flipped it and you, and you kept it going. So kudos to that, my dude. Thank um, you. And last but not least, man, listen, man, you've been in the darkest fucking places that any human could be. You were literally in the hole, the literal hole of holes. And you were in the worst moments in your life. And when you were there, man, you had to reach down deep inside. You had to reach down somewhere that you never knew existed inside of you. Right. And pull yourself up and harness that fucking tenacity, brother. And you did it. And then on the flip side of that, when you want to show gratitude, man, where you are now and everything's kicking it and things are going well, what's your North Star, Zach? Man, uh, this is going to sound cheesy because so many I can't because, you know, you see so many fake entrepreneurs, yeah. you know, that that are you, you could tell, you know, we got we could tell bullshit when we see it. But this truly does like drive the shit out of me 
my over like this company that I'm building now, I love it. Super passionate about it. Love every piece of it. And we're doing some, there's a strong mission and why we're doing it behind it. But this is phase one. This is leading to the venture two. venture two is going to be the outsourcing company that helps convicted felons coming out of prison that were just like myself. And we're not going to give them nothing. We're going to truly empower them and let them become the people they, they need to become to stay out here and be successful and, and, and be in their families' lives and be a productive member of society. So long-term goal, uh, 9% recidivism rate nationwide in the U.S., which if you look at the recidivism rates in the U.S., fucking crazy. But yeah. hey, that's what I think it is. It's, I, think it's, I think it's about like 75 80%. It's something absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah that's man. what programs that you're talking about, the five ventures, all these other programs, it's to empower people. Yeah, to exactly. give, give someone a true, power. A, true, a true second chance. So I want to wrap it up here, and I'm going to bring in my second guest, Leah Turner, in a minute. Thank you, everyone, for being patient here. It's split, split squad. we got to wait your fucking turn. So everyone relax. Hold your horses. We'll be there in a second. Zach, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And lastly, where could folks find you? Where could they connect with you? Where could they learn more? Yeah, man. Um, dude, best place, underdogempowerment.com. Got the podcast linked right on the homepage and all the other social media channels, whichever one you're on or prefer to connect on. Adam, thanks for having me, dude. I had a blast, man. To join the conversation, search the podcast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.